0: Welcome to a Sailing Doodles podcast. It's been a while since I've done one of these, so uh, we'll start this one off. Uh, Cheers to you guys. Uh, Let me take a sip. So I thought I'd do this one. It's kind of a time-sensitive podcast because we recently had Burning Man, and there was a big fiasco with all the rain and everything at Burning Man. So I thought I'd talk about that because I think it's been overhyped by the media, and really, uh, it's just... It's not at all as bad as they said it was, and people kind of have the misconception of what Burning Man is, and I've been going for a long time now, for 10 years, more than 10 years. Actually, this is 11. Well, I've only been 10, Well, been less than that, but my first year was 2013. So I kind of, kind of explain what Burning Man is, because I think it gets a bad rap, um, and then explain uh, how the rain affected everything, and how people at Burning Man actually dealt with everything, and then what the media did to kind of misconstrue everything, so... The first, and so by the way guys, I, I made a video about uh, Burning Man, oh gosh, I think it was, I filmed it in 2016, uh, or 17, 2017 I believe is when I filmed that, and I think I did pretty good job on explaining what Burning Man is in that video, so I'll link that up here, or in the show description if you want to watch that video, it's only like 10 or 12 minutes long. Um, I did actually film at Burning Man, um, also on the Sailing Doodles channel uh, for shorts, Um, so i have about eight or so uh shorts you know the vertical format video um up on youtube so you can just go to my shorts channel and uh, check that out if you'd like um and then i actually did record some stuff that i'm going to be doing for glamping doodles which is kind of my rv channel which is where we are now i'm in the rv and um so yeah i'll have some more information about that but i wanted to get this out in a timely manner so what is burning man burning man is just basically it's a festival um I wouldn't say it's necessarily a music festival it's just a festival in the desert uh in Nevada um about 100 miles north of Reno uh the closest town is Gerlach and that has like 20 full-time residents um uh and then so it's it's really in the middle of nowhere it's on the bureau of land man it's it's on federal land the managed by the BLM um and uh basically the way I like to describe it is uh, it, it's what, it's whatever you want it to be. There's there's tons of music out there. There's not a whole lot of live music. It's mostly DJs and electronic. But there are a few bands out there. There is a ton of art. Um, and uh, you know there's a, people just run around the the desert. It's flat, and you know you run around all all hours of the day and night looking at the art, going to the music. Um, so like all the different camps and everything have their own sound systems and everything. And most of the art and the sound systems and all that is not paid for by Burning Man itself. That's paid for by the participants. So like we have our own camp and we have about 20 people to go every year. Our, uh, my first year was 2013. And um, we have, we started our camp the next year, 2014. We merged with another camp. So now we're, we're about 20. We have between 20 and 25 people on average going every year. And so we bring... All our own. We bring an RV. We have a a porta potty delivered. We have potable water delivered. We have a 500 gallon tank for that. We have a 500 gallon gray water tank. Uh, We all bring generators if we need them. Uh, We bring shade, shade structure. So I bring my RV, but some people camp in tents and we have a shade structure that covers their stuff. Um, and we're pretty self-sufficient in there but we also do have a sage shade structure for our bar and music area so we have our own Dj setup and sound system and lighting system and uh, we have our own bar every year and it's not like and most camps do have you in order to be placed as a camp you have to participate somehow so we have our bar and our Dj setup and we do a few other things as well we also make interactive games and things like that we you know take Polaroids, people walking by and give them to them stuff like that lots of camps do different things uh, you know there's like some people teach you how to uh you know uh, i mean there's acrobatic uh, instruction there is anything you want there's uh, lounges i mean literally the sky's the limit on what you can have there's people that make uh you can make your totem animals so they put they give you a little stuffed animal that you kind of decorate and st- I don't know, it's just whatever you want to do whatever and so people people come up to our bar they can't order like a gin and tonic that's not what we have we just whatever to say we're serving sangria that day one day it might be margaritas one day it's uh you know, uh, Palomas, something like that. So they come up, and it's all free. They don't pay for anything. A lot of people have a misconception they think it's a, a barter society. It's not. It's a gifting society. We don't expect you to give us anything in return for coming to our bar and having a drink. We will ID you because, the, well, that's just for a requirement out there. Um, law enforcement has been pretty strict, and they send undercover people there trying to bust people for stuff all the time for serving minors and all that. So we ID everyone. And uh, so that's kind of what we do to give back, and that's what our camp is. Our camp is relatively small, um, but, I mean, there's camps that have hundreds of people, and they spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for their camps. We spend, on average, probably uh, per year, between 20 of us, we spend probably um, just on camp infrastructure, probably about $10,000, so about $500 a person. Uh, but then that's not including all the gas to drive your rv the rv there all the other stuff you know to get there so it's it's pretty expensive endeavor to get there it's it's not for the cheap for the for the, for the people trying to be frugal although people do go in and and, and can do it pretty cheaply you know it kind of gets some misconceptions it's all about sex or drugs or whatever uh you know a, a hippies in the desert running around naked or something i mean it's whatever you want it to be there there are drugs there. I mean, there's sex there, but I mean, there's, there's art and there's music and there are lectures. You go to center camp and they're giving Ted talks on everything from astronomy to astrology, to physics, to, uh, acro yoga. I mean, like you can do anything you want there. And so it's at whatever you want to find, whatever you're into, you're going to get it there so burning man started in 1986 in san francisco on the beach uh just a bunch of people got together and i don't know had a good time that night or i don't know maybe it was a few days i'm not sure um and then by 1991 it had grown so large that they couldn't have it on the beach anymore it was just too many people there so they moved it into the desert uh in nevada um and uh, you know so it has grown to what it is today uh there's between 70 and you know 70 people there this year i think uh On normal years. This year, I hear there was a a little less, uh, only about 60,000 because um, of the rain. It kept people that came in for the weekend. And I just on uh, overall, though, I don't think the turnout was as much because normally you can't find tickets. uh, They're hard to find leading up to the event. And this time there were a lot of tickets available uh, last minute if somebody wanted to go. So one thing you do have to prepare for uh, there, you're in the desert, right? So it's hot. So when we go, we expect it to be hot during the day and cool or cold at night. Some years has been better than others. Um, I mean, my first year there, it was pretty cold at night and it was pretty nice during the day. Uh, Last year was incredibly hot and dusty. Um, There were four or five really bad dust storms where you can't see anything in front of your face. Like literally, you just have to stop and wait for the dust storm to end. Um this year uh about a week before the festival started uh there was a lot of rain which is pretty unusual and so that kept the dust down so coming in uh there was very little dust and actually the weather was quite nice it was hot for the first few days it was in the mid 90s but after that it was in the mid 80s to low 80s every day and then coming in on Friday uh, you know, Friday afternoon, about five or six, we were in our camp having dinner, um, kind of all hanging out together having dinner, and it started to, to a light rain. And everybody kind of expected it to wash over in maybe a few minutes or an hour, because normally it doesn't rain very long there. But it rained for ten or twelve hours, uh, all night, all night uh, up into the morning, and it got as much rain as it gets in those ten or twelve hours as it normally gets in like three or four months. So. And it's an old dry lake bed, and it's very like clay-like. So any kind of rain just makes all those dust particles clench together, and it builds up on your shoes, and it builds up on the tires. Basically, any wheeled vehicle has quite wide. It's probably I want it. We looked it up. It's like thirty-five hundred acres is the size of the. Uh, the uh, inside the little boundaries. Uh, so it's, it's several miles across. So if you're going to ride your bicycle, that's the way most people get around uh, in burning man from one end to the other, it can take you 40 minutes to get across there because you're not going real fast. Cause it's Sandy and all that. So you're going pretty slow as you go across. Uh, and so, Basically, when it starts to rain, you can't use your bicycle anymore because the wheels will just muck up. So you have to walk. But then pretty soon after that, you've got about five pounds of mud on your shoes. So basically, wherever you are, when it starts raining, you just kind of hunker down and chill out and don't do anything. Um, So that's... It's rained a few times um, at Burning Man before when I've been there. Uh, The second year I was there, I believe, uh, it was 2014. It could have been my third year, 2015, I'm not sure. It rained on Sunday, I think it was Sunday, the day it opens. Um, We had already, because we have an established camp, the way it works is if you have an established camp, so the event opens on Sunday, and it ends the following Monday, which is Labor Day, so it's about eight days, nine days, really. Um, and, And so in order to have an established uh, guaranteed camping spot, you have to fill out the application, you have to promote all the things you're going to do and plan a layout and all that. So when, when you get an assigned camping spot, you actually have to get there before the event starts. They give you these early access or worker access passes that you go in and start building the infrastructure of your camp. So. We were already there uh, on 2014, like we got in, I I believe, Friday or Saturday before the uh, event started to build our camp. Well, it started raining on Sunday, and uh, basically, they shut down the entrance for, I believe, it was like 10 or 11 hours, because they couldn't, you couldn't drive on, they call it the playa, which is the old dry lake bed. And so, they shut it down, and so everybody just, there was waiting in line to come in just stopped and everybody just hung out and that's what you had to do and you waited so and it's rained once or twice uh other than that but never more than just uh, a light dusting of rain i mean it, it hasn't been too bad this is by far the most rain that i've experienced out there and it did shut things down for almost uh for more than 36 hours probably about 40 hours so it started raining friday evening rained all night we woke up in the morning uh, we had planned on going out that night but uh basically our, our thoughts were okay we're just going to hang out and have dinner we're going to wait the rain out maybe it'll stop in an hour and we'll see how the conditions are maybe we'll go out that night and uh go see some bars or clubs or whatever well it just never stopped raining so wake up in the morning um so we just kind of hung out and watched a movie in the rv and whatever so in the morning Uh, check things out. Actually, we had some damage to our bar area because we have a shade structure and uh, the water kind of pooled up on the tarps and bent uh, the shade structure and ripped some tarps and all that. No, it's not too bad. It's only going to be a few hundred dollars in in expenses to repair. Uh, But basically, everything was still shut down. Uh, There were no vehicles driving around, no bicycles driving around. Uh, It started to dry out that morning a little bit, then it rained again. Uh, and then that afternoon things were looking a lot better. I was pretty hopeful that we might even be able to leave. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe people could even leave, um, you know, Sunday. Uh, but that ended up not being the case because I believe it was Saturday afternoon. It rained another three or four hours. Uh, and so it just, everything that was starting to dry up got wet again. So, but that night it was a little more passable. People went out again Saturday night, went to the bars, went to the clubs, did all whatever they wanted to do. They had to walk everywhere though, so you couldn't, you know, walk. I mean, if you wanted to walk a few miles in the mud to go somewhere, you could. But everybody just kind of hung out in their own neighborhoods. And then Sunday morning, we got up. Uh, we had we we'd partially broken down camp Saturday because uh, we normally leave on Sundays before the actual event ends on on the following Monday, and. We uh, broke down a little bit on Saturday, and then Sunday morning, we all got up early. The conditions were much improved. Everything, uh, this was, sorry, Monday morning, we got up um, pretty early. Uh, so, it was there. we broke down camp some Saturday, leave with the left on Sunday. So Monday morning, we got up at 6 a.m., started breaking down the rest of the camp, uh, putting everything away, loading up the trailers, uh, making sure our whole campsite's clean. We didn't want to leave any trash behind. And then, uh, basically, it was a waiting game at that point. We tried to leave around 9.15, 9.30. Uh, see, here's kind of what I have an issue with. I mean, like we actually sent a guy that so we have one of our guys is an avid triathlete, uh, James. Uh, he the guy is he's done an Ironman in like eight. I want to say eight fifty. Um, if, if you've that's incredibly fast. He's, he's very fast. So he ran 12 kilometers from our camp to the exit road to go look at the road to see how it was uh and he he took brought his phone with him brought it back and we're looking at it and we're like oh man this is great um everybody's moving no problem at all uh so then we we try to leave the uh burning man rangers they're basically volunteer i mean they do a good job they help out i don't want to talk negative of them but they're volunteer guides for the uh for burning man uh they're not paid by burning man or anything they're just volunteers uh one of those came up and stopped us from leaving and he said you're not allowed to leave i'm like well it's just it's, you can't anyway uh uh because he it's federal land it's not like anyway he ha, he had no right technically to tell us we can't leave we want to leave and we get stuck in the mud that's our own problem he can't tell us we can't leave anyway but he can say we strongly recommend you do not leave which is what he should have done he was kind of a jerk anyway uh so we waited around another hour till about 10, 15, 10 30. And then we're like, we're going, we didn't ask. We just left. And, uh, I think we had what, uh, three RVs and two like budget truck rental, butter, budget trucks. And we all drove out and you know what? The roads were absolutely fine. We had no problem getting out. Uh, but the problem is, is you have 70,000 people all trying to leave and, Oh, man. So the the exit road is 10 lanes wide and then it comes down to two lanes and then it comes down to one lane because you're getting on the highway and it's a two lane highway, one each direction. So 10 lanes coming down to two, coming down to one with 30,000 vehicles trying to leave. It took us seven hours to get out. And we left before they allowed everybody else, well, before they gave permission to everybody else. they everybody else they allowed to leave at at twelve. So we left an an hour and a half before the main horde of people leaving. they call it Exodus. And uh, so if we had waited around till twelve, it probably would have taken. It probably took if you waited till twelve and tried to leave, it probably took 10 to 12 hours for you to get out of there. anyway uh so we made it out no problem we have a storage unit in reno where we take all our stuff so we took the trailers and the trucks and and uh so i have my rv and i have a trailer behind this where that i pull for you know we we carry the bar set up and the dj stuff and all that and we took it to our storage unit in reno unloaded it and then we all went back to got a hotel and uh, had dinner and you know just relaxed and then of course started cleaning the rv uh i like I put it on some of the shorts. You can go check out my YouTube channel on it, Sailing Doodles, and I cover everything with plastic on the inside. We cover all the windows with aluminum foil and to keep all the dust coming out and everything. It took It took no time at all to clean up. It was actually one of the easier years to clean up. But when I go, when I talk, when I hear about what the media has said about the rain, they made it sound like it was the apocalypse. Like, oh my God, all these people, these people are stuck. They're stranded. They can't leave. They're you know. Uh, what are they going to do they're, they're gonna run out of food and water and you know shelter and all that and which is completely crap we had uh, you one of the main principles of burning man is radical self-reliance okay so when you go in there we don't just have okay, we're going to be there, say, eight days, right? We don't bring in eight days worth of food. We bring in 12 days worth of food and extra water. And, you know, we could we could stretch it out for two or three weeks if we really had to by rationing and doing whatever. But they made it sound like everybody was in danger of immediately running out of food and water and dying uh, and just how bad it was. And, you know, they had, that's the thing is they had, you know, there was a couple of famous people that were there. Uh, I mean, I, there's famous people there every year uh but like the two that i saw that made it on the news were diplo which is a dj and chris rock well they had hiked out either i guess it was friday i don't know friday or saturday they walked um you know the seven the, i think it's like five or six miles to the highway from the burning man festival and then they hitchhiked to another uh, to gerlock and then got a bus back home mm-hmm. but you know People like that, and then of course there were all the helicopters. There were he- black helicopters coming in and out of that place all the all day long, all day long, just going helicopter from Reno to, to Black, because Black Rock City is where what they call Burning Man when it's there. Black Rock City actually has an airport. Well, it's a little dirt strip, right, or dust strip, mud strip in this case. And I've actually flown my airplane in there in I believe it was 2016 is when I flew my airplane in there. It's pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so helicopters bringing in all the rich and wealthy and celebrities and all that, ferrying them out. And, uh, so I remember one person asked, like, why didn't you walk out or why didn't you try to leave? I'm like, well, number one, I I have all my stuff. I I can't leave my RV. I mean, like Chris Rock and Diplo have people doing that for them, taking their bags, taking their stuff. Like they just hiked out. They didn't bring any bags. or anything, they hiked out. They've got people to do that for them. I don't have people to do that for me. If somebody wants to volunteer, be my Sherpa, follow me around. That'd be weird. I don't want to do that. But anyway, hang on. I get an ignore beer. So really the attitude of everybody when it was raining is just like, oh, well, I mean, like, okay, if it was your first year at Burning Man, maybe you weren't as prepared. But everybody else around you should have been prepared and help you out, Uh, you know, was like, okay, well, we're just going to wait it out. Started started raining on Friday night. We left Monday, Monday morning. Okay, well, we were that only delayed us by one day. We were planning on leaving Sunday, and actually a lot of people just leave on Monday anyway. So really, it didn't affect our plans too much. And, uh, I mean, I have Starlink from FMC Global. So FMC Global is one of my sponsors. They kind of, uh, if you're interested in that, they mainly specialize in uh, for, for boating and commercial purposes, but I'll put a link down there to FMC Global if you want to do that. Uh, they're a distributor for Starlink and... Um, But I had Starlink, and so, uh, you know, I had service, and so everybody was able to change their flights, and we offered the Starlink to all the other people around us, Like, but several other camps already had it. Um, They were like, hey, if you need to use our Starlink to make uh, airplane, you know, flight changes or contact somebody, tell them you're going to be late or whatever, you do that. So we all just kind of did that. And, you know people were not upset. People were not freaking out. People partied. I mean, you know, as soon they, they, okay, Friday night, not much happened. Everybody kind of hunkered down because it was actively raining. It was really muddy and gross to get around. I'm sure some people went out, but most people didn't. Saturday night, people partied all night. And, uh, you know, like they had a good time. And Sunday, just kind of everybody broke down camp, getting ready to go. And then Monday, people left. I mean, it really wasn't as bad as the media hyped it up to be. Apparently, Someone did pass away at the um, at Burning Man, and they say it was um, related to the rain. I'm not sure. I've only heard rumors that somebody was starting a generator in the rain and electrocuted themselves. I don't know if this is true or not. That's just what I've heard. Um, and But the thing is, okay, if you're in a town of 70,000 so people, they make a big deal out of it. Like, okay, it's a very sad situation that happened. I feel bad for for anyone that, that would happen to. But if you're in a town of 70,000 people for 8 9 days, one person is going to pass away during that 8 or 9 days no matter what, right? So it's just it just happens. They they make a big deal out of it. They hype it up and, you know, I don't know. It it, it it's a clickbait thing, right? I mean, they're I mean, I know about clickbait. Trust me, you watch my channel, right? Um it's just what it is. But overall, uh, everybody was pretty um like just calm and accepting of what was happening. We had a great time still, no matter what. It's going to be one of those years that you look back and you're like, man, that was a pretty cool year. I'm glad I got to experience that. I don't necessarily want to do it again right away, uh, but, you know, I say that every year. Uh, every year after Burning Man, I'm like, oh, man, that was it was fun, but that was a lot of work. Do I really want to do it again next year? And then in about six months, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm ready to go back. So I, it's one of those things I really enjoy uh hope you it gets this has given you some more insight on uh you know just what burning man is and uh you know there like i said i have another video up if you'd like to watch that uh about what is burning man and i'll be doing another one shortly but i hope that's given you some insight thank you for watching please make sure you're subscribed to this channel this is a separate channel from sailing doodles this is my doodles podcast i haven't posted here in a while but I would like to get back into doing some more podcasts and having guests on and everything. So it would really help me out if you like and subscribe. And of course, it's our patrons and channel members that make all of this possible. Uh, You go to patreon.com slash sailing doodles, become a patron, get early access to the videos as well as some uh, uh, un-extended scenes and uh you know discounts and then uh we're actually about to announce someone kind of come sailing with us in october so we're gonna draw a random patron to join us if, uh, and uh come sail with us in the bahamas for a week it should be a lot of fun but thank you guys for watching click that like thumbs up and we'll see you on the next video